Oh. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for it to that chorus. <laughs> what are we listening? This is a Stoned Cold Steve Austin. I got it. <laughs> Courtesy Bazookasaurus on YouTube. I love the Snoop Dogg Weed music series. Yes. It's usually game music. Uh, But uh, the whenever it deviates from that, it's even funnier. Yeah. This being the case, there are a bunch of anime intros that are just Snoop Dogg's face over Sailor Moon Girls, all Though about weed. My favorite has been I prefer is, well, I prefer the Terry Crews Super Mario sixty four one. Of yes. The uh, what is that? I will dap, 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 dap. I will never have another instance to mention this, and it doesn't fit in with Cheap Popcast, but why the hell not? This is Azumanga Daio, which is a uh, anime about... I love that anime. It's about uh, middle school I, girls. Is this the one I'm thinking of that has all the fake faces on? No, well, I don't think so. It's that... 12 seconds long. <laughs> Coming back from commercial. So welcome to Cheap Popcast Episode Seven. Where we smoke weed occasionally. Not even. Or not at all. <laughs> or not at all. If mm-hmm. if you smoke weed in uh, WWE, you'll, you'll be suspended and or fired. Wait, is that true? Um, it happened to Evan Bourne. Yeah. RVD. 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 High Times Magazine. He had two titles mm-hmm. and lost them both in, both in the course of a week. Two weed. To weed. He really? got caught with possession chart. Well, he got arrested also. Then again, Jack since the last episode that we recorded, Jack Swagger, who <laughs> won the, uh, the the Elimination Chamber yeah. match to get a title shot at WrestleMania, which is pretty much the biggest break you can get in wrestling, mm-hmm. is getting a guaranteed title shot at WrestleMania. He got caught the next week in possession of weed. Really? And they did In a DUI. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a weed DUI. That's uh, that happens. He didn't get punished for it. Mm-hmm. At least right now, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're gonna like make. They him gotta lose. finish his program. Like, they they the... they could have. I don't know. Like de-emphasize what he's doing, but they they haven't. Yeah, and that leads me to le- to believe that they're a little bit more lax about it. But well, I think they know that like it's such a high stress job for wrestling. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. If all they need to just un- unwind, yeah. like either they're going to get drunk or get high, like I'd rather than yeah, get after high. all that anabolic meth, yeah. like you're gonna want to come down at the end of the day. But the awkward, always... the awkward thing is that his uh, his manager, the mm-hmm. the guy who was like speaking <laughs> for him at yes. Zeb Zeb Coulter, he's Zeb actually Coulter? he's an old school wrestler, Dutch man. Is he really? Yeah, oh, huh. his grandson or granddaughter died at the hands of a not at the hands of a but at the like in a car crash with a DUI, someone who had a DUI. So I would imagine Ooh. that he probably has some rage that's like directed uh, at the guy who he's managing because he got caught behind the wheel so stoned. If, I would say if at WrestleMania he comes out and uh, renounces his support, yeah, then Jack Swagger is fine. Then he, be, then he turns good. Yeah, then yeah. he turns good, and the storyline carries on. Yes. Well, they, if, if he's out there like nothing happens, I wonder if they're getting... you know his backstory... 
it's over. He's yeah. being. I wonder if they're getting all the, uh, you know, the publicity they wanted out of the anti-American <laughs> storyline they're doing now with him. Yes. So the te- we haven't even introduced ourselves. Oh. Yes, I am. Um, I'm the dangerous one, Dave Rudd. I did call you uh, Diamond Davy Rudd Rudd today. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm really the cute. man of a thousand and four holds, Henry Gilbert. <laughs> Uh, I am the notorious DIC, Chris Antista. <laughs> so, wait, how, fu- how, f- producers how of... funny was it over, over, we are at Mike Grimm's house, not watching wrestling, but something mm-hmm. similar, Fast and the Furious, <laughs> and he tried to connect to his PIC, uh, P- PIC, uh, his PC, and it came up, and like, wait, what's notorious R.I.G.? And he's like, <laughs> my computer and like we all just started laughing that's wonderful so uh, none of our previous conversation probably clued you into what this episode is going to be about mm. we're a little bit under a month from mm-hmm. wrestlemania it's a little bit too early in my opinion to start talking about that show we'll probably sprinkle in some conversation but mm-hmm. the this episode i kind of want to the first half, at least, I want to touch on something that's it's kind of commonplace for wrestling fans: mm-hmm. deaths. Ah, when wrestlers yeah. die, and you they know, get re- visited by the the Undertaker leaves a penny under their pillow. Yes, yeah. all right, <laughs> uh, and he flies well, away. You and lose then... a casket match with the Undertaker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a thing that like wrestling has a unique position in that you know, like if a baseball player dies. It might not be during the baseball season, so hmm. you don't have to directly deal with it. Mm. You know, like if a member of Saturday Night Live dies. Which has it, happened. Yeah, but it might not be when the season's They're happening. not normally on the show. Yeah. I don't think any current cast members. But I, I would say there's a different... Well, go keep going, Dave. Well, I'm just saying, like, the fact that uh, wrestling is a 52-week-per-year sure. thing, you, always, you have to deal when someone dies... Almost instantly, within a week, because that's the way that wrestling works. Well, and there's no retirement, really. Like, if, yeah. like Ric Flair, all these old guys, they'll still show up on TV till they're till they do die. Yeah. I tell myself that Ric Flair wants to do that. He has I said, Ric Flair said, like, I want to die in the ring. He seems like that kind of person. Yeah. That's why we love him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but he seems like a part of, of a part of it is is that wrestling is has been in the past controlled by very few people with yeah. no unions, no retirement plan, no guilds, nothing like that. No no safe no safety net for these people. Yeah. Uh it's you read it's like the story you'd read about if an NFL player his first season mm-hmm. was taken out and then for some reason something went wrong in his contract. That's every single person <laughs> in the WWE. Well, yeah. I I do want to. Like, they don't manage, have safety nets. They do not management have. Management doesn't watch out for them but, as much as they should, definitely. And they don't have a union. That would help. But it's worth pointing out that a lot of the wrestlers who died, they were in a culture of the 80s of like, well, I'll just snort cocaine and yeah. I'll do. And I'll but who put was in steroids and I'll do everything. I was and I was 10. Well, yeah, they were doing all those things, but then they were also doing the most active thing someone could True. do, yes. falling no, no, they, on their they, back they their, every night, but getting undiagnosed concussions. Con- and- conversely, they do put their bodies through more damage than any other athlete, uh-huh. and they all have safety nets. And, and then they plans. shove themselves into a car, drive somewhere else, and they got to stay up all night to drive, so they're going to be And I would cocaine. say, because nowadays there's not as many people controlling the wrestling industry. It mm-hmm. will not get better for them. Yes. And... uh that makes it all the more fascinating. So, 
It this, may, to me, it makes the sport more compelling, mm-hmm. knowing what someone is giving up, risking, and sacrificing. Yes. Uh, can I call it a sport? Am I going to get in trouble? Not with this crowd. No, but it's a sport. See, it's it not is, a game. It is uh, yeah. a sport. Mm-hmm. Ballet is a fucking sport. But you don't have to. Can I curse to, in the show, Dave? I yes. forgot. Yes. You don't have to kill yourself and work to death. Like I don't know, man. I don't know how you do this job. But and... it has been something that's been happening more frequently as of late. And well, the, 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 the last bo- decade. Yeah, the bow that we're going to tie around this episode is the most recent death. And I think, oh, uh, yeah, the, 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 the first half of this episode, we're going to, I think we're going to try to debate the topic of uh, when it's uh, <laughs> relevant and when mm-hmm. it's okay to talk about a wrestler or wrestling personality dying, and uh, this That's is part of a storyline. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, to put this in perspective, the uh, one of the signature matches for WrestleMania 29 was announced to be sorry, CM Punk versus The Undertaker, mm-hmm. and a few days after that happened, the Undertaker's manager. Oh. The guy who brought him into the WWE, Paul Bearer. Mm-hmm. Though he wasn't always with he had been appearing pretty sporadically with Taker. Yeah, and, and as he, of recent? And he hadn't been I don't think he'd walked him to the ring in like four or five years. No, he was was he, he, he was he not there? He was last shown uh being shoved into a freezer by ah. his Kayfabe son, Kane. Oh, uh, so this is Marvel shit. This is Marvel shit, like Yes. I was gonna say Paul Mooney. That's not his actual name. Paul Mooney. I thought it was Moody. Yes, maybe that's it. But he also went by the name Percy Pringle. Yes. So he was eulogized. Ooh, <laughs> he was eulogized at the beginning of the uh, most recent, at the time of this recording, mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the most recent episode of Raw, he was eulogized by The Undertaker in the form that Undertaker came down, kind of did his, uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, Undertaker pose where he puts, he puts his arm out, like, paying respect to him mm-hmm. and the titan tron shows like the uh paul oh, nice. bearer um you know uh whatever to 2013 i don't know why i'm melting when wrestling does something sweet well like, andy had the, and the urn was there yes the so, urn that he always paul bearer always carried around so undertaker's paying respect to him and then i don't have the exact moment when this happens but cm punk interrupts the tribute and comes out wow and uh says this against the undertaker simmer down i think i think you misunderstand me coming out here what i wanted to come out here and extend personally my heartfelt condolences <laughs> i want to extend my heartfelt Apologies for your loss at huh? WrestleMania. Oh! Wow. Listen to the crowd. So, but it's his job shit. to be hated. Like, I know, but I, when you introduce me to him, and I pay attention sporadically, I, love, I just love being on the show talking about this with you guys. I loved him. When yes. I, don't, I don't watch, I do not watch every week. I watch a bunch of pay per views with you guys. I loved him. That's some really heel. That's some serious heel shit. Yes, and to be honest, like to set the table, mm-hmm. he previously had railed against Jerry Lawler mm-hmm. the week after he returned from having a heart attack. He had a heart attack on oh. air, <laughs> yeah. and then you know took a few months off. Mm-hmm. The week that he came back, 
he interrupted Jerry Lawler's so return. There's, there's precedent for him making fun of real world events. Yeah, but the thing is, people kind of hate Jerry Lawler. People who watch Raw every week, a lot of them are agitated by Jerry Lawler it's and not, how annoying he He's a, he he can be very annoying. It still seems like acknowledging this is not breaking, but peering through the fourth wall, which is yeah. inherently. There's some anarchy to that. Yeah. But especially an event like this, that that was a moment yeah. of, like, a legitimate moment of grieving. So to, like, just to put the 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 tent over this entire argument, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of these people who died, they spent their entire careers mm-hmm. in the wrestling industry. So to them, having their death acknowledged... During a wrestling and show, I know I was, I was when being I was part of an angle is probably a big deal for them. Yes, I was listening I, to an interview with the directors of Crank, and they were saying that stuntmen, when they're brutally injured, they just just use that clip in the movie, man. Just <laughs> use that take because that's what I do, and if that's what takes me out, yeah, that's how I want to go out mm-hmm. as part of a a memorable moment in the industry I've given my life to. So you you don't think it's an insult? No, and I I even. What Sam Punk said there mm-hmm. is not entirely insulting because it is what he is saying is insulting the Undertaker. He's mm-hmm. saying, "I feel your loss for your streak, the WrestleMania streak that the Undertaker has." He doesn't say anything that is actually insulting Paul Bearer or Will Moody, mm-hmm. the the actual guy who is Paul Bearer. That would be the ultimate insult if he said like. Paul Bearer or William Moody is just a fat ass who who coasted off of what you did and Jesus blah, Dave. blah, blah. I'm losing yeah. his listeners as we speak. Well, it's been more than a week since he died. So, so. it's fine. I read a, a good interview with him recently where he talked about who was the best, who are the best managers of all time. And he was very honest about where he'd rank himself. He's like, yeah. I'd put myself maybe in the top ten, I suppose, but I'm not as good as you know Bobby the Brain or 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 Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. But I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Like it. Well, he like he was when he was William Moody. He was mm. more of the Bobby the Brain type, where it's like <laughs> I'm with so his great blonde hair. Yes, it was a great look. And so when did he become Paul Bearer? He became Paul Bearer when the Undertaker debuted. So three ninety two. This kind of puts. Wow. Uh, like this scares me a little. He mm-hmm. was fifty eight. He's fi- he died at fifty eight years old. Jesus, mm-hmm. dude, my dad sixty three. Yes, and my yeah, both my parents are over sixty years old. Yeah. But uh-huh. if you do that math, uh, Paul Bearer debuted in the WWE when he was in his like mid to late thirties. Jesus, like look at Paul Bearer when he debuted he in the been, W. He's been very fat his entire he has, career. He has been over fifty for the last twenty years. Yeah, or he was over fifty for the last twenty. I years. mean, respect. He yes. lived for a guy who lived on the road, ate probably very terribly, and but also like took wrestling bumps every now and then. Mm. Like he, I'd say he lived a pretty good life. Yes, and I would trade I, that for my cubicle. <laughs> I think the irony is just that, and they probably have been thinking about this for the longest time, that, like, his character trades on death. Like, it's always Mm, been about death. And, like, they've had, I saw a pretty uh, tasteless but funny gif this weekend where um, it was on NeoGAF, a video game um, thing, and where the like the Vita sales had improved, and so people had put together a GIF of there was a casket match once where when they opened the casket, 
Paul Bearer was inside. That was the shock. And then Paul Bearer raises up and just looks back and forth (laughs) at the camera like, oh, I'm still alive, but not saying anything. And he's holding the urn, but they replace the urn with the Vita in his Uh. hand. And it was funny, but they have tons of scenes like that. Like, Paul Bearer had been murdered, like, twice on the show. His literal, like, I I mentioned this before, his last appearance on WWE Mm -hmm. was Kane locking him in a freezer. That's a lot of rednecks die like that. And before that, he was buried in concrete. Yes. (laughs) Paul Heyman buried him in concrete, though it was Undertaker who pulled the last lever on it. And he killed him. He it's, buried it's, him alive. And the, and the announcers are treating like, Paul Bearer is dead. He The, the Undertaker yeah. has murdered a man on television. You wow. didn't, you didn't yeah. see it. And yes, Harry Houdini did this a number of times. But by all accounts, Paul Bearer is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it, that's even a weird thing that like the most recent episode of Raw treated mm-hmm. his death like they put his real name on the placard, but the Titantron uh, below Paul Bearer. But they still treated it like it was a storyline thing. So Kane, mm-hmm. who is in storyline purposes, <laughs> Paul Bearer's son. That was a big what? twist back in 1999 or something. Yeah, that was when when the character Kane debuted. He was Paul Bearer's son. Mm-hmm. He was he was brought by Paul Bearer to take down the Undertaker. So he was also supposed to be covered in burns. And they, yeah, they and dropped the, that part of the reality. That's uh, that was part of the show, and it was a little bit weird, but. What I want to really put this uh, first segment in perspective with is the evolution of how character deaths are... Character slash wrestler deaths. Yes, are, are treated within the WWE. So I'm going to play a few sort of reaction clips to how the WWE portrayed certain character deaths. And what I'm going to start with is the one, the first time that I ever remember a wrestler being acknowledged as dead mm-hmm. in wwe so you know i started watching the wwe in earnest probably around like 1987 1988 and you know i always thought of wwe superstars mm-hmm. as like oh they will never die Mortal they're heroes they're big strong men mm-hmm. so uh this was shortly after like the show wwf raw debuted you put the on, back in yeah 20 well, years ago. Yeah, but this is when WWF had weekly shows and was, you know, trying to be a little bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I'll just play the clip and, uh, well, hopefully it works because this is a really crummy YouTube clip. Ladies and gentlemen, as many of you know, one of the legends last week passed away. And I'm referring to Andre the Giant. Andre, throughout his World Wrestling Federation career, provided many an exciting moment for both young and old alike. And his unique presence will surely be missed. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to ask you all to rise in tribute to a man who truly was one of a kind, Andre the giant. And then they show a they bunch of... They ring the bells. Yeah, they ring the bells and I there's... That was very <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, that was well, kind of underdone, I'd say. Like, just having the Fink say, Andre was great and... Uh, so it was a little lo-fi. Stand. Yeah. 
Though it was also weird to hear the audience like wasn't didn't know how to react to that. They, I think. That's exactly what I was trying to get upon. The audience was like, "Do we holler? <laughs> how do we show our respect? Yeah. We're, we're used to screaming for winners, yeah. scream, yelling for good guys, and booing bad guys. Where we're yeah. used to booing people that we love. Yeah. So how are we supposed to react to? Esteem and remembrance. Do do you remember how where Andre was <coughs> with the um, Federation at that point? Well, jeez, I, he he had he his retired. La- his last match in WWE was probably like late nineteen ninety, early nineteen ninety one, and I mm-hmm. think he did one or two appearances for WCW. Mm-hmm. But he was not in any place where he was. Gonna he was mobile, of, like he he was yeah. walking around with Kane, but the, he didn't leave on bad terms. No, he didn't no, leave as a heel. No. Yeah. And I mean, like, but that was also like Even very. In Princess Bride turned out to be the <laughs> that was very new territory for the cool. WWE, and that kind of set the template for like the first decade of of WWE deaths. Mm. So, He's the first one, all the '80s stars. Yeah, so like there were a few deaths during the early late 90s mm-hmm. but the next one that I, I think really had impact and if you guys want to mention one I, I will look it mm. up but the next one that i really remember and this one probably hit me hardest will probably hit me harder than any wwe death ever oh, no. uh this is owen hart that was huge I'm make a, joke, a huge yes. deal yeah. and you know I, I brought this up in the laser time wrestling episode like mm-hmm. owen hart is a, a character is a person that i kind of relate to because like my my brothers were always more popular than me in high school, and, and just like <laughs> I always felt like I was in the shadow of them. So like, did you also join the Nation of Domination? <laughs> yes. Wait, but, so you had two brothers in high school with you. I did. Or, really? Yeah. Wow. They were yeah. Three one younger, one young. Runs. Yeah, young. One younger, one older. Both way more popular. Uh, Middle child curse. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> Owen Hart was actually the youngest Hart brother. Mm. But. Yeah, so he died unexpectedly during a pay-per-view in the and they uh, in kept going. Yeah, well, but I that's mean, what we were just talking about. Like, like if I was my my wish, if I died on my podcast, keep <laughs> the show going, don't stop. No, but we would. I think we would stop the show. We'd be like, we call an ambulance. We'd wait, <laughs> but for, and then we'd, we'd wait for a... be proclaimed dead, and then we would record a show the next week. But maybe it's a, going. It's like, about disappointing. When I say keep the show going, like do a show next week. Uh-huh. But keeping the show going means there are thousands of people in attendance here who want a show. Yeah, please but do the, not stop but on my those account. Those people in attendance saw him die. Mm. They watched him die. That's true. Maybe they don't want to see a fun show and how. And the performers had to perform like I read this in Mick Foley's book. Mm-hmm. He, that night he was in a tag match yep. that he had to do, and he could see he was standing in the corner with Owen's blood there. He's like, "I'm standing right where Owen Jeez. died." Yes, it's heavy shit, and it's a like a pay per view they never showed again. Yes, like, I'm surprised the edge, they, they've yeah. never that that a footage, title change happened on it too. That like, footage has never seen the light of day. Nope, it was a rare Undertaker title win. Like he won the title that night. Undertaker has the the footage. He likes it. No, um, he doesn't. No, I, no I didn't, if I didn't tell that, I, I told that. I, like when that happened, I went scouring the internets yes. for the footage, yes. and then I finally Pretty. found like this one looks exactly like this is like before YouTube preview images where you just have to like stick an image in the <laughs> middle of your YouTube video yeah. to get the preview image mm-hmm. to appear. 
and it's like here it goes and it's like it starts out the wrestling match and then it's two action an action figure <laughs> falling from the rafters into like a Mattel wrestling place. Do you set. remember I yeah, I see those all the time now on YouTube where it's just a woman like cleavage, just her mm-hmm. boobs in the camera like it's a, it's a trick. Uh, but and, so, so to play off after he died. Yeah. Well, uh, just quickly to play off of uh I know during uh the most recent Cape Crisis mm-hmm. I talked about my Adventureland experience. Mm-hmm. The day after Owen Hart died. Mm-hmm. I worked. I had a you know. I had, had a shift at Adventureland. Oh no! And uh, the 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 person who was working the ride with me said like, "Oh man, Over the Edge was such a bummer last night. Owen Hart died, and Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> lost the title. And I almost like I almost looked out on the guy. I'm like, you were like, you would have said what? And he would have done it back at you in a bit of an infinite loop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, like, one of those things was predetermined, and one of those was a man with with children and wife who died. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sorry, dude. Stone Cold got screwed. Owen Hart was predetermined to die. So the next night... They did Raw is Owen, which was a tribute show to Owen Hart, Hmm. and I'm gonna play a, a few of... The more moving tributes, which, like, it was just a really tough night to watch. Because hmm. it was Raw live. Yeah. They were doing it live. So we're going to start with Mick Foley. Owen was um, my son Dewey's favorite wrestler. My son, the first few years of his life, had very, he had long hair because of my wife liked it that way. And one day I was on the road and I called home and he was all excited. And he said, guess what, Dad? He said, I look like Owen Hart now. Because Owen had just... Uh, gotten a crew cut and my son was so proud to look like Owen Hart and um, he and my daughter Noelle would break into little chants of nugget nugget just for no reason in the car because in their little minds they didn't know that that was a uh, you know a a, uh, a negative chant to Owen they, they thought they were honoring Owen and uh, I, I was proud that my son wanted to look like Owen and if he could grow up to be a, a man like Owen Hart, I would be even prouder. Owen was was the nicest, funniest person I think that that I've ever met, and he loved his family. And I think that they should know that he talked about them warmly and with love and affection. And I, I think there's probably a special place in heaven for Owen Hart. And I, like all the other guys, will miss him. I can only speak from watching Beyond the Mad. Uh, Mick Foley's kids do not understand wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I think they were right in crying that their dad was being hit with a steel chair 13 times. Yeah, but the the Rock gave him like a lollipop like eight moments before. Well, yeah, but I think they they knew. They knew. They could tell the reality of it like... I think the reality, if yeah. you have to speak honestly about that scene, the reality kicked in once they saw what looked like their father getting hurt. Yeah. It's like, it, I only think of it as like your dog whenever you're fucking around, and then like maybe your friend comes in the house and does something rough towards you, and your dog's like, yeah. fuck cut it out! And like yeah. gets really mad and just starts biting your friend. Uh, and like, I don't understand that. You just <laughs> hurt my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. One more uh, Owen Hart TV clip. Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to make it not about Owen. <laughs> this is uh, Mark Henry. What? Who is uh, he's known for being a uh, he's the world's strongest man. He's a giant. Yes. They were in the nation together, dude. That is known for having the world's record for the the biggest bench press. This is him uh, reciting a poem he wrote oh, about Jesus. Owen Hart. 
as your eyes swell and tears fill up in the well. The burn starts to choke you up, words come out slow and shaking. You close your eyes and wonder why that there's a burning when you cry. When Owen left, it felt like hands around my throat. I couldn't talk, I couldn't see. The burn overwhelmed me. My heart is heavy. This is why. Stopping because it's gonna about to cry more. You get the burn when you cry. It digs down deep. You cannot sleep. I really want to make fun of this. No. You toss and turn in your sheets. Awaken with sobs and wet pillowcases. You wander aimlessly, looking to the sky. You feel the burn when you cry. This is a, Oof. like, probably 400-pound man. It, oh, a monster. Yes. This is a monster. God damn. Now, well, I also remember Paul Bearer had a good speech then, too, about how Owen will, you know, he'll never age. He'll, as all of us age and... Get older, he he'll be perfect forever. That that will be the Owen I remember. Like it was really it was creepy seeing Paul Bearer. But he yeah. wasn't. Did they try he wasn't him out dressed to do every as Paul. Well, he wasn't oh. dressed as Paul Bearer or had the makeup on. He okay. was he was as himself. But uh, yeah. So I, I don't want everybody wanna... wrestled in black armbands that night, and I remember yeah. the last part. That was for breast cancer. The last. <laughs> Now that was in pink, and that even the even uh, that was cool that John Cena like wore pink during that month for breast cancer. But anyway, I remember the last part of the night was Stone Cold wordlessly yep. came to the ring, opened up two beers, pull, uh, poured it out for yep. Owen, and like that was really cool, especially when like Owen nearly crippled him. I wasn't sure when he did that. Was that like him forgiving? paying his u- unique tribute? Was it him forgiving, or was it him like I'm not gonna talk about Owen? I'm yeah. still angry about it. He, I'm just gonna do this yeah. beer shit, huh. and he then greatly that's shortened it. my career. And, yeah, which was crazy. The the thing he did to Owen did a move that he never even does. Yeah, he rarely did. A fu- he fucked up a tombstone pile driver, yeah. and then second, like Owen was such a safe wrestler and so like skilled mm-hmm. that mistake he made was very out of character for yes. him. Like, yeah. Anyway, so I mean, so, we so, oh, so go ahead. We've set the the tone like the first decade that I was aware of WWE mm-hmm. character deaths. It was very respectful, mm-hmm. and this was one. I mean, no, they still do some respectful death acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah, but this is the last one that really sticks out to me. And uh, Chris, I think you'll probably be a big fan. This is, comes from Stephanie McMahon. You'll hear a lot of people say it, and I'm sure all of you watching tonight know it. He was passionate. Um, Guess who this is? But I, what I also knew about Chris was how passionate he was about family. (laughs) (laughs) My experiences with Chris. um, Chris thought it was so cool that I married Triple H. He was one of the only people that just was so genuinely happy for us. He just he he said he thought it was so cool. I don't think my collar could go out um, further (laughs) enough. And it was so funny like that. I mean, it was so warm. So warm. And um, 
and emotional. And people don't necessarily know that about Chris, I don't think. Um, and uh, when I got pregnant, he... Again, All right, I'm going to stop that there. Stop that there. I thought you were going to play the one she did after 9-11. I got pregnant, she, she threatened me. He did, <laughs> she did one on 9-11 where she equated it to the witch hunt of her father uh, for uh, the, when people were chasing what? him for steroid abuse. Like, Yep, she did that. It was pretty bad. They, did, they actually did cancel a show for 9-11. Well, actually, they did and they didn't. They were going to do a pre-taped SmackDown on that Tuesday. They canceled it. But you're like, no, we're not letting the terrorists win. We're doing a live tribute to America SmackDown <laughs> that Thursday. There were a lot of capitalist excuses on that day. So they showed that one. They did a new show on Thursday. And overnight, Kurt Angle became the good guy again. He had yeah. been a bad guy, but then like, no. I, this As a result of that? Well, Kurt Angle... Is the all-American mm-hmm. guy? He came out in Stars and Stripes. Yeah. Before his patriotism was mockable. <laughs> now it made him being a mm. three-time gold medal winner for America was a badge of honor. That didn't last too long. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so, not Chris, too. Yeah. Not too long following uh, the death of uh, Chris Benoit was <sighs> yeah. the death of uh, a fellow uh, WCW alum, fellow radicals member in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, actually, I have to say Eddie was Eddie was first. Was he? Yeah. Oh, so because th- I remember that people were saying like, if Eddie had been around, he would have stopped Chris from doing this. Like ah, you. my mistake. I, I apologize. But sorry, Eddie's, I don't mean to. Eddie Guerrero's I, death got us was that, the first that the WWE exploited and yes. had you know I do like kind of remember that had I guess Chris Benoit's death not played out the way it did. They probably wouldn't oh, have. They, they 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 would. They might have exploited it at some point. But here are some of the ways that Eddie Guerrero's death uh, was exploited. I'm gonna go with the so deliciously the, morbid. I love it. The too. slightly less offensive one. This is uh, Batista uh, talking to uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. Look at all the times we've been together. That's Ray Ray. Look yeah, at- I knew that. Dave. Look at Eddie, man. Eddie's dead. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. About Eddie. I'm not thinking about what we've been through. I'm not thinking about you. I'm thinking about me. Boo! Wow. Boo! So I think, yeah, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero's death was a sports, uh, sore spot when talking to Rey Mysterio. This is... This is literally five seconds long. This is Randy Orton talking about uh, Eddie Guerrero to Rey Mysterio Jr. Eddie ain't in heaven. Eddie's down there in hell. Jesus Christ. And see, to put, like, to go full circle on this, whatever, like, what CM Punk did with Paul Bearer it's practically, it practically respectable. Yes. And this was around the point when Eddie Guerrero's widow, oh. who's still with WWE, Vicky Guerrero, she was God. she was brought on, you know, partly like out of pity, but also like she has Her become storyline. Yeah, and, and now she's at a point where she is one of the most hated people in WWE. They made her into a shrill monster. Yeah. Like, that, like she's a detestable bitch. Like that's exactly, that's her character. Yeah. 
I, I that, and I just it's one of it's one of the things that makes it hard to be a wrestling fan sometimes when you see such like backwards yeah. stereotypes mm-hmm. and she's one of them who's just like she's an aging lady she's she's not very uh, fit not very fit though I wouldn't say she's uglier oh, than yeah. any uh, but people call her ugly and then she just nags like oh. excuse me excuse me like that's her whole thing and then and then she like uses her influence to fuck younger wrestlers yeah. like mm. So I don't know. It's just it's creepy. It's creepy, and they make her so evil when she was introduced as a grieving widow. Yep. And part of the thing that first made her like gross to people was that when she when society says she should be a grieving widow, she is making out with Edge as GM of SmackDown. Well, they they gave her a year or so. Yeah, yeah. But doesn't that sound like? She is earning her own as a character? No, she became a good character. Mm-hmm. I just don't like... Uh, she became a character in her own right. She wasn't mm-hmm. portraying herself anymore, but I don't like... The reason you're supposed to boo her is because she's an evil woman. Like, I just... <laughs> that's not the best reason to boo her. Oh, just the, what she exemplifies. So, in conclusion, for this half of the episode of the mm-hmm. podcast, when I die, please... Ooh. Feel free to make fun of me when I die. Oh, it's gonna happen. Just interrupt my funeral. Just come out there and <laughs> I know we're a- here to honor Dave today, but I wanna say that he was never that great. Yeah. I should be the new host and I'll be the champion. Dave's of the mustache was stupid and it should have been mine all along. I, uh, I, I respect give, all of give those you opinions. my will. Uh I want you guys, if I die, while we're still doing this horse shit. Yeah. Uh, Can I jizz in your ashes? No, I want a live auction on these mics of all of my shit. You don't get it. <laughs> you don't get any of it. Like it all goes. It all goes through a live auction. Get put the money towards yourselves, towards charity. Everything I own should go to the people listening. That's well, what I guess. I, want to I guess you don't want to hear the poem that I wrote <gasps> in the kiss of your death. Oh no, roses are red, violets are blue. Suck my dick. <laughs> Roses are red. Pizza is oh, <laughs> orange. Can um, I at least? I'll never not be Italian. Can I at least give Mystery Science Theater Volume Ten? That one's out of the, like mm-hmm. really hard to find. Yep, you can have Volume Nine too. All right. They, I only am missing about seven <laughs> volumes from the Jesus. first half. So. All right, we will be right back. Rest in peace. First half of the Cheap Podcast. <laughs> Chris Antista. Dave Rudin. This is the break for the... T- <laughs> that's my that's my tag team partner, Captain Cave, Captain Caveman. I'm calling you out. For what? This is the break for the Cheap Popcast. Uh-huh. And this is where we talk about how you can support... The show. This show, all shows. The big show. The big... No. no? Don't support the big show. Don't support he's a the giant, big show. He's a giant fat ass. He's a mutant. But you can support... This show, you can support Laser Time, you can support Cape Crisis, you can support VG Empire, you mm-hmm. can support Vigi Game Apocalypse. Say it again. Vigi Game Apocalypse. Yes. You can do it through uh, 
many things. You can do it through uh, Amazon links, and this is where I'm calling you out. But on lasertimepodcast.com, yes. what are you calling me out on? That when you go to lasertimepodcast.com, cheappodcast.com, click on a link, and then buy anything. On Amazon. If you buy points cards mm-hmm. for Xbox Live Arcade points, for PSN points, Laser Time, this this whole podcast network, we get more when you buy points cards mm-hmm. than when you buy a DVD or what have you. We do? I think you do. Are they cheaper than points cards in stores? They're pretty much the same price. Mm. Sorry to burst your bubble there. But you get, you know, spend, you know, 20 bucks on whatever the amount is on Xbox. Your unfinished wands and ninja yeah. marks. And, and you don't have to put your credit card on Xbox Live Arcade mm-hmm. or PSN. You're, mm. you're, you're giving it to Amazon, which it's already on file with. And you don't have to worry about uh, PSN in particular. Ooh. OXMonline.com, official Xbox magazine. Uh, uh, no, PSN will not allow me to access the area that I enter my credit card in. Yeah. They will not, so I have to I'm buy just cards. saying one of the two uh, major console mm-hmm. online networks had a major security breach, and one didn't. But if you didn't want, if you don't want to deal with either, which uh, I would imagine is a possible result, and we're not of that, naming names, but my card was compromised by one of those situations. Whoa. Uh, so, anywho, yeah, why not just buy points cards through Laser oh, Time? This makes sense. You get a you get a code right there and then. It's yep. not like you have to wait for a card to show up in the mail. You yep. get that you get that code and then you get those points in your account and you know, a little bit is kicked more back to It's a small amount, but like when you're we're hosting five shows. Yes. Even this one it's it all costs money. Yes. So beyond that, you can buy t-shirts you can donate we do we still have wrestling links underneath this episode we do you can yeah yeah if you want to buy wrestling dvds it was a bret hart dvd that came out recently. yes i am super excited for that yeah bret hart it's a great is one co- of my favorites it's a great cover and we've talked about his late great brother Owen Hart, mm-hmm. who i'm sure is represented in uh in, in multiple matches in this uh digital disc. oh hmm. yes yes so you can do all that uh, please subscribe to the Cheap Podcast on iTunes. Please uh, give us favorable reviews yeah. on iTunes. Share us on Facebooks, yes. Twitters, all that stuff. Yes. Retweet on Twitter is really nice. Uh, Lizard Time Show mm-hmm. on Twitter and Facebook. All that stuff. Yeah. But buy the, the points cards. Oh, that definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep handing you about that. Okay. I'm sorry. Now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. <laughs> Let's see if this is a good intro. This is uh, in between his gigs in WWE. Percy Pringle, a.k.a. Paul Bearer, had a uh, very short stint in the NWA, in TNA. Let's see uh, how this sounds. Nitro with that? Uh, no. TNA, total nonstop action. Perfection! Excellence in professional wrestling! 
when you see NWA on the marquee, when you buy a ticket and you walk in the door, you know you're going to see the very best wrestling, professional wrestling. I've managed the best in the world. I've managed world champions. I've been part of the NWA. I grew up in the NWA. And now I'm back after a long, long absence. Yes, some say I've risen from the grave. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Natural selection. K. Rickard. Percival Cradle the third. Get used to it. I love that back is Percy Pringle. It's yeah. it's it's cute, but that lasted for a year or so, and then well, WWE. Every actually... everybody takes a vacation from WWE. They get to cash and checks in NWA. It's actually how you negotiate contracts, I believe. There, yeah. yeah. Well, like NWA, they want you because they're like, oh, he's hot off the heels of WWE, and then they get your name value, and then you do a year with them, and you're like, all right, have I been in the doghouse long enough with with Vince? Yeah. Time to come back and make better money. But yeah, yeah. William Moody, Paul Bearer, Percival Pringle. Like, he had very limited outlets to showcase himself within WWE. And it, it's telling that he was so in demand that, like, DNA would hire him mm. to, to, to manage no one in particular just because yeah. he had that signature voice. And yeah. I, Get used I, to it. Yes. And, you know, like uh, Paul Bearer. We have choices in our lives. <gasps> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we have a book that gives us choice within the WWE. This is uh, WWE Presents Pick Your Path Number One Race to the Rumble. This is a choose your own adventure. I've seen these on Amazon. In quotes, style book. Mm. I, I don't think it can be actually called a choose your own adventure book. Or a book. For legal. <laughs> yes, it, it's literally, it's 96 pages long, but I. If would, I was a little kid, I would be happy to read that book because it'd be yeah. so short. Like choose your own adventure books, uh, you have your choice at certain points within the uh, mini. Uh, it's like a DVD where the chapters you could see all at once instead of skipping to them. Yes. So, Kids. Uh, uh. what we're gonna do in this uh, this shortened second half of the cheap podcast, I'm gonna give you two mm. a choice. I'll be the deciding vote if you happen to split it. But we're gonna All go right. through uh, you know three or four choices within the book, Ooh, Mass Effect style. I like it. Yes. All right. That is what's missing. Two uh, K. You listening? Mass Effect <laughs> style. Yeah. Brand- oh wait, I see. What is it? Do they have wrestling? <laughs> no, no. You're right. Two K has wrestling. Sorry. Uh, yes, I want to see that branching dialogue choices. So this first choice comes. Uh, the very first choice within the book is. Uh, you are an independent wrestler, and a representative of Vic- Vince McMahon is within the audience, mm-hmm. and uh, you're gonna do an interview after your match, impromptu. You can either pretend to be a uh, a face or a heel. Mm. So, in the case of Ooh. this, you are a face. You decided to go with a face, and okay. uh, you Vince McMahon has given you a Seems temporary right a temporary contract. Uh, so now you have a, a choice of your gimmick. So what's happened is you have chosen your gimmick quickly, and mm-hmm. your gimmick is Kid Caveman. And you, you come Kid to the... Kid Caveman! And, no, and, no and, and you arrive backstage uh, to this reaction. 
loser, 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 the crowd chants. You pick yourself up and exit the ring, humiliated. Backstage, (laughs) you see Chris Jericho waiting in the wings. Oh, why'd you check? Don't feel bad, kid, he tells you. (laughs) You're new. I got pounded the first time in the ring, too. Really? You ask, feeling a little better. Sure, Chris says. But you know what might help? Develop personality that the audience might latch onto. Think about it. Undertaker, Mankind. Some of the biggest superstars have cool identities. Somebody they might license in a book. <laughs> it's hard to think of one, you say. I got one for you, Chris says. Kid Caveman. You can carry a big <gasps> club and everything. It's great. Wish I had thought of it years ago. You're not sure what to say. Kid Caveman sounds kind of lame. But Chris Jericho is one of the biggest superstars around. Maybe you should take his advice. Hmm. If you become Kid Caveman, go to page 40. If you decide to keep your own name, go to page 58. Can we discuss this? I say trust whatever Chris Jericho says. I, I mean, love Chris Jericho is the best. I trust him. I'm on the same page, and he's gotten this far with Y2J, which was a scare from 1998. Yes. And I People's, think he knows how to excel with a lame name. That's true. Yeah, and Jericho he in general adopted it and made it something different. So I would, I, we're gonna both vote on going to yeah, KB. Go okay, uh, so your next match is against Drew McIntyre. Oh man, uh, that's uh, about the time of the, when this book came out. So around 2010, Boy, when Drew McIntyre yeah. still mattered. So Drew enters the ring, t- takes one look at you, and I'm starts Drew laughing. McIntyre. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> That's because he's Scottish. Uh, when the bell rings, he takes your club from you and smashes it over your head. The match only lasts about two minutes this time. As you leave, you hear the crowd's chant. This is a callback. Loser, loser, oh. loser. Oh, Backstage, man. you find Chris Jericho actually rolling on the floor laughing. It was a rib. What? I can't believe you fell for it, he says. Kid Caveman, no hard feelings, okay, kid? It's tradition to welcome the rookies with a prank. Tradition or not, you're steamed. You feel like body slamming Chris Jericho for what he's done. Yes, yes I do. Mm. Were we being filmed, Henry? Guess so. That must have aired on, like, <laughs> NXT. Oh. Will you jump Jericho by going to page 51 or decide to prove him wrong by making Kid Caveman a popular character? Mm-hmm. I want to prove him wrong and prove that Kid Caveman can work. I want to kick the shit at him, but I will follow your judgment on this. I also, you know, you don't get to... Everybody is just some guy in wrestling now. I want to be a character like Kid Caveman. So I'm the deciding vote here, and I'm going to go with Chris, just Uh because this leads to one of the ends. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll never wear that again, you say, sheepingly holding up the line cough. That's for sure, Pete. Pete is uh, the guy who signed you to the WWE contract. I, I skipped a Fuck few paragraphs. Pete! That's all I'm saying. That's for sure, Pete tells you. Fighting in the locker room is prohibited in your contract. Sorry, kid. Mr. McMahon heard about it and sent word from HQ. You're fired! <laughs> Wait a minute. People you... fight in the locker rooms all the time. <laughs> <Are> you, still... <laughs> you shake your head in disbelief. You had one chance to become a WWE superstar, and you blew it. What a weird By buying this, this book. What a weird so message affair, man. this book has. It's like, nope, one shot in the WWE, then it's back to the minors. I think they were against Kid Caveman the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, given that the name of this book is Race to the Rumble, uh, a lot of the scenarios within it take place uh, during the Royal Rumble. So this happens after you decide to go after a wrestler called Kalen Croft, who is even foreign to me. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I have no idea. 
So this is a point during the Royal Rumble where you have a choice of two wrestlers. Can you imagine how far in advance this book was written? That wrestler could have been dead by the time this came out. Okay, so we're going to start with, and Johnny Fresh, you're Johnny Fresh. Damn straight. Has just eliminated another superstar, Michael Cole announces. You turn back to the ring and realize John Cena and Edge have eliminated each other. Whoa! William Regal is out too. Kofi Kingston is still in, and he's battling masked superstar Rey Mysterio. Christian is still in too, and he's going at it with Yoshitatsu. Drew McIntyre and Ezekiel are also in the ring. If you go after Drew McIntyre, go to page 86. If you go after Ezekiel Jackson... Go to page 38. I think Drew is a much easier guy to take care of. Ezekiel's a lot bigger and scarier. Uh, I don't like biblical names. I want to attack Ezekiel. All right. I wish I knew which of the two of these. Oh, damn it. Leads. I only went against Hank because I thought that was. You I, knew which way to go. I don't know which one actually leads to the quicker end. Oh, no. Though, I will say, when I first heard about this book, I, I made the joke do you jump. Drew McIntyre or Ezekiel Jackson because they were both the like they are the bottom feeders in the WWE at this point. However, both outsurvived John Cena in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, so let's find out which one actually leads to the quicker end. Eighty six going mm. after Drew McIntyre. <gasps> oh, I called it wrong. Drew McIntyre is an arrogant six foot five inch Scotman who believes that he is the chosen one picked by Mister McMahon to save WWE. He was actually at one point, but now he's not. <laughs> you charge at him even though you're not sure how you're going to take him down. You try to lift him up and body slam him, but McIntyre is stronger than you right now. He picks you up around the midsection and performs one of his most punishing Ow! moves, the spike pile driver. Ah, so ooh, the people who authored this don't were not aware that this, the pile driver was a, a way outlawed maneuver in the WWE for quite a while. Like... CM Punk did a spike pile driver on CM or uh, on John Cena mm-hmm. a week or two ago, and it was a thing. It, that was a big thing that he did a pile yeah. driver. Yeah. So anywho, yeah. he does that to you in a book that's for kids. Thanks, Henry. That move rocks your world. You're helpless to fight back. McIntyre tosses you over the ropes like he's thrown out garbage, and you hit the hard <laughs> arena floor with a thud. What has become of fresh cavemen? <laughs> As you're walking back to the locker room, you pass John Cena. He nods at you. He can't see me. Nice job for a rookie, he says. You feel a little better. You didn't win, but you got a compliment compliment from one of the greatest superstars of all time. Ugh. The Yuck. end. <laughs> It's really they give us a rocky ending. Yeah, you didn't right. win, yeah, kid. Boy. But Drew, Drew, what's his nuts will be your fucking Apollo Creed in the next Drew book. McIntyre, yeah. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. McIntosh. McIntosh. Uh, so we'll, we'll let's go with one more choice. Can we be Kid Caveman? I think you're still Kid Caveman in some way, shape, or sort. But this is also during the Royal Rumble. So this takes part during a tag match where you're tagging with the Miz. Mm-hmm. You're not quite sure if he's a reliable uh, tag team partner. Mm-hmm. He's a big brother. I don't know shit about this guy. Why yeah. is he here? He doesn't have what it takes. The Miz starts out first, as usual, because he's a jerk. And he's facing Morrison. Morrison is on fire. The Miz jumps over him, finally taking charge and grabbing Morrison's left leg and made her twisting it behind his back. In pain, Morrison reaches out and tags his tag team partner, MVP, to your surprise, Miz tags, tags you in. Your turn, he says. Let's see what you can do. 
You decide to take the ropes. It's risky, but it's what you do best. You springboard off the ropes from one side, bouncing off the ropes. MVP looks frustrated. You're moving fast, and he can't catch you. Then you jump up and aim a thrust kick at his chest. The move doesn't work. MVP grabs your leg, stopping you, and then throws you into the ropes. You tumble over the side, knocking over the ref. The ref is out cold. You get to your feet, and you see that Morrison is back in the ring with the Miz. Morrison spins and delivers a powerful kick. Oh, sorry. Morrison spins and delivers a powerful, powerful kick to the Miz's chest. Bam! Miz goes down. Morrison plants a foot on his chest. You start to panic. You've got to help the Miz somehow. It can't end like this. <laughs> if you save gra- the Miz. If you grab a chair and hit Morrison, go to page 12. If you wait to see what Miz can do, go to page 90. Chair. Do you want to see what the Miz can do? <laughs> Chris... Is this hey, the, the ref do, is do you out. Want to I want to see what happens to me. I don't want to see how the Miz saves himself. The ref is out. Get the chair. But that would make us Healy, wouldn't it? I don't know if we're supposed to be heels or not. Henry, this is Kid Caveman if we're talking if about. If you're tagging with the Miz, he's a bad guy. I, now, at the time of this writing? Yeah, he's yeah. a good guy now. He's actually. a good guy now. But at the point of this book's publication, actually both of these choices lead to the end. So I, I Chair. All right, let's see chair, and then I want to see mine. Mine okay. is not chair. I would get in. I would get in there and help them, even if it meant breaking the rules. You say side with Morrison. I say attack Morrison with the chair and free. So the you Miz. say side with the Miz. You say side with Morrison. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go first with uh, siding with uh, Morrison. The chair. You're about to pick up the chair when you realize something. Hitting something, hitting someone with the chair while the ref is out is a bad guy move. <laughs> if you do it, you could risk the whole good cop, bad cop thing with the Miz that you have going. Told you. <laughs> Bam, you cringe as the Miz makes contact with the Met. It's all over. The ref is back in the ring now, and he counts out the Miz as Morrison and Arth Truth win the match. You rush into the ring to make sure the Miz is okay. He looks a little dazed, but he's fine. Sorry, man, you say. I was going to hit Morrison with the chair, but I didn't want to ruin my good guy image, you know? It's okay, Miz says. His voice is scratchy. I'm glad you didn't. I'm the one who does the bad guy stuff around here. So you didn't win the championship, but you and the Miz remain a popular tag team. Within a few months, WWE puts out a t-shirt of you and the Miz with your picture on a white background on one side... And his picture gets a black a black background on the other side. It's really cool. And you get zero royalties. <laughs> all in all, you're pretty happy with the choices you've made. That's an okay ending, I suppose. Why? Because I got on a t-shirt? Yeah, is that some sort of success? Laser time is a t-shirt store right now, Hank. What a weird ending. Okay. All right, so this is going against them. Is. You know that hitting Morrison across the back with a chair isn't a legal move. It isn't a good guy move either. But the urge to win overtakes you. You'll do anything. Oh, evil. You quickly grab a folding chair and slide into the ring. Then you stand wow. up and whack Morrison across the back <gasps> with the chair. <laughs> Take that. The Miz grabs Morrison in a front face lock, tucking Morrison's head under his armpit. The crowd knows what's coming. It's the Miz's signature move, the Mizzard of Oz. That was like <laughs> oof, probably <laughs> three years ago. With, yeah. With a, Doesn't he have the skull-crushing finale? That's been his thing for a while. <laughs> the skull behind the curtain. <laughs> now Morrison's out cold, but the ref is just fine. He counts the pinfall and declares you and the Miz the winners. Yeah. You're the unified WWE Tag Team Champions. But now the crowd is booing you, and you realize you've ruined your Ooh. whole good cop, bad cop thing. Thanks. Now you're a bad guy, too. 
your popularity as the tag team champions drops, so you and the Miz break up, and each of you go solo. Huh. You lose a tag team championship title too after only one month. Oof. It was amazing winning at the Royal Rumble, but it was bittersweet. Can't help wondering what might have happened Man, I don't if like you that. hadn't picked up that folding chair. I don't like that Animal House ending. We get the good ending and then a text crawl underneath. And then he died of dysentery <laughs> on the Oregon Trail. Wow. Oh. So I that, think we at least we got a championship under our belt by doing the I know, Miz. but Henry, how about from here on out, Kid Caveman does not team up with the Miz in any capacity? I would have never. I would have been unhappy we even tagged with Well, the why Miz. did you choose to do it? Uh, seemed like the I right can't believe we got the there. Time. Seemed okay at the time. I want to be Macho Man <laughs> Randy Savage in the next book. Yeah, but if you weren't Cave- Caveman, you can't have this intro. <laughs> if you ever want to know why Mel Blank had to retire, <laughs> that was like one of the last voices he did consistently. What yes. a fucking horrible, horrible, gut wrenching. Thing yeah. you have to scream on a regular that basis. That is the vocal version of Mick Foley throwing himself off of a uh, <laughs> giant steel cage. That dude was the original Woody Woodpecker. They never paid him, but uh, every time he introduced himself, <laughs> and then he went to that in like his sixties. <laughs> Don't know how he does it. Don't know how Vince does it either with this constant rasp. <laughs> Did you know I'd make that reference ahead of time? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, K-Fan. All right, all right. I feel I, like you talked about this on an episode where yeah, he uh, wasn't on. Mm. I also remembered that, so. But you can that. literally hear his vocal cords falling off of his throat. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out on Blu-ray recently, and he Yosemite Sam is the only original Looney Tune voice that he could not do because it requires too much yelling. <laughs> well, but in that died point, that year. Da- Daffy and Bugs barely sound like themselves. Like they're too soft. Like because he's old. So that'll do it for this uh, episode of the Cheap Popcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for dealing with our uh, our <laughs> ruminations about death and choices in your life. <laughs> uh, I promise the next episode will be a little bit more focused on actual things that were are ha- that are happening in wrestling. Yeah, the next episode will occur around WrestleMania. I'm going to WrestleMania, so I'll have... He's uh, going to WrestleMania! <laughs> uh, so that'll be a part of the episode, and we'll talk about the entire card and what we think about well, each other. JR, I don't think he even earned his spot at WrestleMania. Well, he's either. a good... <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a great performer, King. I think you need to give him some slack. Oh, come on! He's as tired as a... As a uh, box in a whorehouse. I didn't. I didn't get to that choice in the book, but Ugh. there is a part where you have to prove yourself. Going my uh, yeah. So that will be our next episode, mm. and believe me, we have plenty more WWE choices, WWE Mad Libs that we will uh, go through during uh, future recordings of the Cheap Popcast. Before this episode of the Cheap Cop, Cheap Popcast, Peep Chopcast, the Peep Chopcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, Chicken Man Dave Rudden. I am Chris Antista of Laser Time, lasertimepodcast.com. Listen to Laser Time, bitches. And I'm Henry Gilbert of Cape Crisis and of GamesRadar.com. And uh, our fourth person. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll be back somewhat soon.
Hey!